Voice is brought to you by SWE Advance, supporting the recruitment, retention, and advancement of women in engineering through career resources, professional development, and one-to-one -one networking opportunities. I'm Joe Miller, moderator of SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes or your favorite RSS feed and like us or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. According to the U.S. Department of Labor, women currently make up 7% of mechanical engineers, and early on in her career, Dr. Beth Holloway was one of them. Now she's Assistant Dean of Engineering for Undergraduate Education at Purdue, and also the Director of the Women in Engineering program, the first of its type nationally. Beth holds a bachelor's and a master's degree in mechanical engineering and a PhD in engineering education, all from Purdue University. Beth, thanks for taking time for this conversation. And Joe, thanks for having me a part of it. I really appreciate it. Great. Well, first up, could you tell us a bit about what's unique about the Women in Engineering program at Purdue? Sure. The Women in Engineering program at Purdue was started in 1969 as a way to encourage and inspire girls and young women to consider, think about, and become engineers. And it's um, it's something that we do for students in kindergarten through graduate school, and really what we want is to make sure that every student feels like engineering is the place where they can get their ideas out into the world and use their creativity and work with others to do that. Great. Well, the SWE Next Initiative is a way for students aged 18 years old and under to get involved with the Society of Women Engineers. SWE Nexters get the chance to learn more about engineering careers and find out about events and scholarships and internships and more. And, of course, uh, take advantage of podcasts like, like this one. This is one of the benefits. So we went ahead and asked some SWE Nexters what questions they might have for you, Beth, about the college application process. Uh, so for the rest of our time together, we'll be sharing some of the questions that they've asked. Now, the first one has come in from Tanaya in Virginia, and Tanaya has asked, how do you get to where you are today? Well, thanks, Joe. Um, you know, as most journeys, it wasn't a straight line sort of a path. Um, so I went to undergrad at Purdue University in Indiana, and I had a great time, and I was really glad to graduate. So I went on to work at Cummins Incorporated, which is in southern Indiana. Um, they make diesel engines, among other things, and I had a great 10 years there. Um, while I was there, I did a master's degree in mechanical engineering. And then I came back to Purdue, to my dream job, to be the director of the Women in Engineering program, and it's really been the one, one of the most um, inspirational and, and satisfying things in my life. Um, and while I was here, um, I worked on a PhD in engineering education. I finished that about two years ago, um, three years ago now that I think about it. And I became um, assistant dean for undergraduate education at that time. Great. Well, our next question comes in from, from Maria in Tucson. And Maria asks, why is it important for women to be involved in engineering? You know, that is a really great question, and I thank Maria for asking such a basic question. Why is it important for women to be involved in engineering? And it's because it's 
the things that engineers create and design for our use as a society are used by everyone. And, you know, we don't always think about um, the repercussions of some of our designs, but, you know, really a smartphone, for example, has changed society. It's changed how we communicate. And for things like for technology that is so potentially life-changing for us, shouldn't women have a voice and a part of that design process and that conversation and guiding um, us as engineers as to where we go with the technology that we create? So it's really important for women to be represented in those conversations. Absolutely. And and so Katie from Louisiana has a follow-up question to that, which is what are some of the unique experiences that you gain from the engineering field that you might not have experienced in other professions? So, you know, that's a really interesting question, and I hadn't ever thought of it from that perspective before, so I'm really glad that Katie asked that. You know, I think uniquely to engineering is the um, – the permission, if you will, to think outside the box, to think big, to think what could be different and how could I bring something that has never existed before into reality. And I think that, you know, some of those kinds of things might have been in other professions, but they're so uniquely part of engineering. The other part about engineering that I always loved is you got to work with such a wide variety of people and who have such different ideas and, and how their ideas and your ideas can come together and create something really new and exciting. Um, it, I think that that has been unique in a very interesting way. Great. Well, we're also joined today by a sweet Nexter. Uh, Lisa Aberg is calling in from Orlando, Florida. She's 15 years old. And Lisa, I believe you have a, a couple questions to direct to Beth. Yes, hi. Do you have any travel opportunities as an engineer? Hi, Lisa. I am so glad that you are calling in. Um, travel opportunities as an engineer, you know, that is such a great question, and I know that um, there's a lot of people who'd love to see the world. And the thing about engineering is it's a really global profession. So what I mean by that is that many, many engineers work with other people around the world. So there are lots of companies that have um, manufacturing design research locations in many parts of the country and all around the world. And a lot of times engineers um, need to work very closely with people in other countries other and other parts of the United States. And in working with those other folks, a lot of times there are travel opportunities to go abroad. Um, when I worked as an engineer, um, I went to Germany and Austria. Uh, my husband, who's an engineer, has traveled to Japan and England and, uh, let me think, uh, Belgium. Um, and so there are lots of Really, there are lots of engineers that have travel opportunities. Um, also, if you are in a consultant role as an engineer, there's lots and lots of travel opportunities, both um, long-term and short-term, which is pretty cool to get to live in lots of different places. Um, so, yes, there are lots of travel opportunities for engineers. Thank you. 
Are there any classes or courses you wish you would have taken in high school or college that would benefit you today? You know, that is a really good question as well. And um, what would benefit me today? I'm thinking that I probably should have taken some more writing courses. And that may not be something that seems immediately obvious for an engineer, but it turns out that if you can't um, communicate your ideas clearly to others, um, it's really hard to be an effective engineer. So maybe some writing courses, maybe another um, public speaking course. You know, it would be really awesome if there was a course on how to make an effective presentation. That would be a really great course. And you know, um, since engineers work with lots of different kinds of people, I think it would have been really great to take a course about um, working with people from other cultures. Um, that would typically be something I think offered more at the college level than um, high school. But those are some of the ones that I would recommend. Thank you. It's great talking to you, Lisa. Thank you, you too. Yeah, Lisa, thanks for the great questions. And I'll add, too, that joining in a podcast and you know, using some public speaking skills like you are today is great experience, too. Next up, we have a question from Ellie in Concord, New Hampshire. And Ellie has asked about what are some of the things that she can do to set herself apart from other engineering applicants when she's applying to college? Well, you know, that is a really great question. And I think... Um, the first thing is to know the college that you're applying to. So there, every college is a little bit different in how they handle applications, so you really need to understand um, what's important to that school. Um, then when you talk about setting yourself apart, I mean certainly all engineering colleges will expect that you have a pretty strong preparation in math and science kinds of classes. Um, mine in particular wants some pretty strong preparation in social sciences and English kinds of things, um, foreign language. Um, but I think one of the things that I look at when I look at applicants, you know, I look at extracurriculars, um, what kinds of things a student has been involved in beyond the classroom. And are those things that might translate into leadership experiences or um, engineering types of experiences? Great. And as a follow-up to that one, Jennifer in Ohio has asked about what classes you might recommend uh, that she could take in high school in order to be ready for engineering in college. You know, um, I, that's a that's a very good question, and I would I don't think that my advice is going to be particularly um, earth shatteringly shocking when I say that you should probably take some a lot of math, take math every year in high school, uh, take science every year in high school. I might also suggest. Um, English courses, and I say that because um, for many engineering curriculums, the, there's not as many general education um, courses that you'll be required to take, so having a, a strong preparation and communication types of courses is going to be um, really beneficial for you when you get to college. 
Now, Lena in Seattle has asked about any tips you might have when she's preparing for her college essays. That's a really good question. And I have read enough of these essays to know that it needs to be something about you, something that makes you unique. And, um, you know, if I can just be a little flip for a minute, I would say that the injury that you had um, while you were playing sports is probably not something you want to write about because I've read that a million times. <laughs> so what are some things that make you who you are and, and why you think um, the way you do and what drives you as your interests and your your eventual goal for what you see yourself doing in the future. Great. And give Beth something interesting to read. In that yes, thank you. <laughs> good, good. So now Katie in New York has asked about how to stand out to admissions officers um, and what if she's someone who doesn't consider herself to be ridiculously creative and motivated. Um, what can she really do to stand out? You know, and I think I would go back again to um, making sure that your application is a reflection of you. So you're unique. Everything about you is, is unique. So, you know, what kinds of things did you do that make you you? Um, I would do that in the essay, certainly. There's also, in a lot of applications, there's another part that might say, what do you think we need to know about you? Or is there something that you think on your application needs further explanation? And, you know, that's a really great place to talk about if there is a little blip in your grades to talk about maybe what caused that. Um, it might be a place to talk about how particularly motivated you are. Now, if you're not ridiculously, in, in um, Katie's words, ridiculously creative and motivated, it might be just, why do you want to do this? Why are you interested in this? So um, use the opportunities that you're given on the application to make you really shine. And if you read your application without you know, knowing who you are, would you get a true picture of who you are as a person? So the next couple questions are about scholarships. And Stacy in Washington, D.C. would like to know what advice you have for applying for those. Okay, Stacy, here is your answer. Apply for lots of them. <laughs> um, and, you know, like I said about your application, make sure that you stand out, um, that what makes you you is part of those applications. Um, Unfortunately, I kind of, it's very um, baffling for me to say this, but when you get into college, um, opportunities to continue apply, to apply for scholarships will continue to present themselves and continue to apply for scholarships throughout college. You know, it doesn't end just after your senior year of high school. And I say that, it seems sort of like a no-brainer, but um, you know, I have scholarship money here at Purdue University that I can't give out because students won't apply. So if you have an opportunity to apply, please do it. Okay, I'm shocked by that, and I'm sure some of our listeners are too, and I think just right there you maybe prove the value of this podcast. <laughs> so thank you. Now, I know you said applying for lots of these is important, and in fact, Betsy from, uh, from Michigan has asked, what are some good places to apply for engineering scholarships? 
That is a really great question too. So first of all, I would really recommend applying to SWE, the Society of Women Engineers. They have a lot of great scholarships for undergraduate students. Um, they offer scholarships for incoming freshmen. So certainly you need to apply to SWE for scholarships. Um, I would also encourage students to look at the American Society for Engineering Education, which is um, a professional organization, and they administer several scholarship programs for undergraduate students, so that would be another good place to apply, particularly for engineering scholarships. And then I would recommend that everybody log in to fastweb.com because that is a, a general um, scholarship uh, search service, if you will, and it's free. And it's something where um, you can do some very specific searches about, again, what makes you unique and get connected with some scholarship opportunities. And I would spend a lot of time on fastweb.com. So assuming Betsy is going to grab that scholarship, um, let's talk about uh, some ways to prepare now for life as an engineering undergrad. And so Katie in New York has uh, mentioned that she's a bit scared she won't be able to keep up um, in her college engineering classes. How can she use TAs, recitations, and any other resources to, to really gain an advantage? And, you know, that's a great question that Katie asked. And I... Um, I think just by asking the question, she's probably going to be okay because she realizes that there are resources that she can use to keep up with um, college-level courses. So certainly TAs are a great resource, and how you use TAs to your advantage is you go to their office hours. Um, professors and TAs, teaching assistants, most generally will have posted office hours. So these are the times that they say, I'm going to be in this office and I'm going to be available to you as students for questions. So go, please go to the office hours. Um, I have lots of um, professors and TAs who tell me all the time, I'm sitting in my office, nobody comes to see me. So really use those office hours um, to your advantage and think about um, what concepts are you having a little trouble with? You know, start on the homework, and if if you get stuck somewhere, that's when you know it's time to go into office hours. Um, recitations, um, generally, that's a new word for a lot of high school students. So a recitation is generally a small group of students, um, and the class is led by a teaching assistant most often. And when I say small, I mean somewhere between 15 and 30 students. And that's a really great time to both ask questions in class, and it's also a good time to listen to other people's questions about um, what they're struggling with. Because you know, maybe you just haven't gotten to that part yet or you hadn't thought deeply about it. So um, it's a really good way to um, make some friends in the class. Um, come up with a study group uh, because you know all those other kids are in, in your same class and in a smaller group like that sometimes it's easier to meet people and it's good to listen to what their questions are too um, and of course there's also lots of other resources on many most campuses that can help you a lot of times there's 
tutoring centers. Um, sometimes a math department or a physics department will have a tutoring center that's open you know, all day long that you can come in and um, ask questions or just sit and do your homework knowing that there's someone there in case you um, run into an issue. Um, and there's, there's other resources too. Your academic advisor is a really great way to get in touch with all the other resources that your campus offers. So become besties with your academic advisor. Thanks, Beth. I honestly didn't know that there was so much support available. So um, next question comes in again from Katie in New York. By the way, Katie, thanks for all the, the great questions that you submitted. And clearly she's thinking ahead more to the big picture of her longer term career. Um, Katie has asked, how much do grades in college actually matter? Um, and I'll be honest, I wish I'd known the answer to this one much earlier in my life too. So grades, how much do they matter? Well, you know, I think it depends on what you want to do. So, um, you know, if you want to go to grad school, graduate school, get an advanced degree, then grades probably matter a little bit more than not. Um, if you want to go out into the workforce, it only matters in getting your first job. That's it. That's the only time you'll ever put a GPA on your resume. Um, after that, you have a degree, and a degree is good enough to um, establish your credibility as an engineer. Um, and you know, when you think about grades, um, it also depends on the company. So some companies will say, you know, I'd really like to see a student has a 3.5 GPA or above. Other companies are saying, oh, you know, 3.0 or above is good for us. Um, some companies are just like, you know, I think a 2.5 is good for me. And so um, I think Grades, of course, do matter because you have to get good enough grades to graduate so you can get that degree because that's why you go to college is to get a degree. Um, but really, just for your first job. After that, the world is your oyster. Thanks. Great, great answer. And so my final question here from our Sweemexters comes from Maria in Texas. And she's interested to know, Beth, who or what it was that inspired you to become an engineer. That's a really good question, and I thank Maria for asking that. You know, it was my dad who inspired me to become an engineer. Um, he was not an engineer. He was an electrician, and um, he sometimes would get frustrated with the engineers who didn't listen to him, and so I decided to become an engineer so that I could make sure that I listened to lots of different voices and lots of different input in the process. and. Um, work together with people to get um, new products and new processes created. Thanks. And Beth, is there a final thought you'd like to share with our Next audience or really any girl who's considering a career in engineering? You know, I, I would like to share that engineering is a creative, team-based profession that you can use to make a difference in the world, to have a, a stable, interesting, exciting career. You make a good income, I'm not going to lie. Um, and, and I think that if, if you're considering a career in engineering, you should go for it because the world needs your ideas out to make it a better place. 
world certainly does. Well, I've been speaking with Dr. Beth Holloway, who's Assistant Dean of Engineering for Undergraduate Education and Director of the Women in Engineering Program with Purdue University. Beth, thanks for being a part of SWE's Diverse Podcast Speaker Series. And Joe, thank you very much for helping me. And Lisa, it was great to talk to you. And thanks for everyone who submitted questions. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to explore additional offerings from SWE Advance at advancedlearning.swe.org.